morning and the last Sunday of the month of Engage, we said we were going to talk about the home, the family. We're going to have some family discussion, a little bit of a family discussion. But I also want to encourage us that if, you know, we can never exhaust a topic like this. So we are going to touch on a few things. And I also want to encourage us, young and old, we told the children in the CTU that they should come because they too, if they have questions, they should come and ask so that their parents will hear them ask the question they wanted to ask. We they asked their parents and the parents didn't answer. You know, and um, if they are siblings who want to ask, if they are adults, if they are married, if they are single, whatever, everybody is, any question you have, feel free to ask it this morning. Amen. Amen and amen. You know, I found a Greek word. You know, yesterday we went somewhere. We saw that they were trying to bully us with Latin words. So I also decided that I'll bully you this morning with a Greek word. And the Greek word is oikos, which means family. O-I-K-O-S. Oik. It means people who live in a home. It means a family. And we are going to read a few scriptures and go through a few things. How many of you know that there is an ideal Christian home and there's the reality of our homes? Amen. And um, all we are going to be trying to do and all that you should always try and do is always try and push your reality further, um, closer and closer to the ideal. Do you understand? You just use that to get yourself and your household going closer and closer to what God has destined for it to be. You know, in life, anything that will turn out well is the one that is being worked on. Is the one that effort is being put in. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I always tell you that it still surprises me how in the winter, most of the time, we don't even open our windows, you know, hardly. You know, even when you are coming out from, when you are coming into your house, you may not even necessarily even step on any sand or anything. But by the end of the week, the windows you wipe are dirty again. Do you understand? You go and touch all the ledges, you realize that there's dust again. You know, so if you just think that everything in my house is okay, so there's no effort to put in, you are deceiving yourself. If you think you are a perfect parent or a perfect husband, perfect wife or a perfect child, you are deceiving yourself. You will be there in that stable state and see that you have deteriorated. And see that you have... Sometimes the filth will stick on you and kick. And that is why, you know, there are certain things that scripture states it so categorically that you are like, but we know that. But God also knows that you know that, but you will not always do it. And that is why it has to be said. That's why scripture says that, listen, for me to say it to you over and over again, it's not grievous. But for you, it is safe. Do you understand? Yeah. You know, that's why even certain expressions, when they say, tell your spouse, I love you, I love you, 
There's never enough of it. Telling your children, I love you. There's never enough of it. Do you understand what I'm saying? And there's a reason why you have to say it over and over again. Some of us, because we have started our relationship through Instagram or texting, even when we want to say, I love you, you have to text it. Stop texting it. Yeah. Do you know that there are people who communicate a lot when they are messaging? And then when they see each other, they don't say anything. When they see each other, they don't say anything. And as soon as they leave and they separate, get back into their own houses. Hmm. Ephesians 6, the Bible says, children, obey your parents. From verse 1 to 4, I'm reading the NLT. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Colossians 3, 18 to 21. The Message Bible says, Wives, understand and support your husbands by submitting to them in ways that honor God. I like this Message Bible because it says that submit to your husbands in ways that honor God. It means that there are certain submissions that don't honor God. You see, read scripture well. Because when they say submit your husband, and your husband says, let's go and steal. And then they'll come by the next person, they'll say, listen, if your husband is giving instruction, he's the head, submit. He says, submit to God in ways that honor, submit your husband in ways that honor God. Hmm. Husbands, go all out in love for your wives. This half and half love must stop. Tell somebody by you. If the person is a brother, tell them that this half and half love must stop. This half and half love must stop. This half and half love. Go all out. Go all out. If you are sitting by your husband, take your time and explain it to him. Go all out. Go all out. You have been going, but it's not all out. Don't take advantage of them. You see, some of these things, when you are single, read them. Memorize them. Do you understand? Because the person that you are about to date or you are dating or you are seeing or we are talking or we are looking, we are, all the expressions, are they the kind who will take advantage of you? You are not married. You can see they are taking advantage of you. Children, do what your parents tell you. This delights the master no end. Parents, don't come down too hard on your children or you will crush their spirits. People above a certain age understand the scripture more than modern day children. There's a, there's a, there's a group of us in this room that this scripture is almost comes alive. Because we were brought up in an era when parents came down 
like stone, like rock, and crashed. Hey. And it was always, it's very different in every household and everybody's own was different. Yeah. Some people, they came hard, you know, you can have parents. You know, my father, I think, fell into the category of when you get 80, you shouldn't come home smiling. When you get 90, you shouldn't come home smiling. In fact, the next question is, if you were not first, how come somebody was able to be first? It crashes your spirit. It crashes your spirit. Because... <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we don't understand why our children give up. You say the mass, you can't do your dance, your dance, your dance, your dance. Suddenly figures are just leave their brain. Even when you say two plus two, they'll tell you, I don't know. They have stopped. Yeah. Yeah. Your child makes a mistake. Maybe they misbehave a little bit in school or whatever. Or, you know, they get some one red letter or they were sent out of the class. Or, and then they come home and you come down on them. You are in that same class. There were some people who were selling drugs there. They went home and their parents said, how come you made them catch you? Yeah, I had a parent rebuking the child. Next time, beat them. Thank God that we have to bring our children in a Christian way. How many of you are grateful that you are Christians? I can feel that me, if I was a Christian, my, upbringing, my children would be brought up in a very peculiar way. Thank God for salvation. I pray that as we go through a couple of these things, God will give us wisdom. You see, this is not just for parents to children. Some of us, we may be guardians. Some of us, we may be siblings. But we look after or, or our younger siblings see us in the place of parenting. And you see, a lot of the time, things that we struggled with, our children are struggling with it and we are behaving like, what? You to go and bring your mass results. You to bring your physics results. Go and bring that your literature result. Bring it, bring it. Mommy, bring it. Daddy, bring it. And let's compare it with mine. And then when you finish, rebuke me. Yeah. And, and you see, when both scriptures that we have read, which starts with children, obey your parents in the Lord, you know, what, what I want to tell us this morning, the first thing I want to tell us this morning is that a Christian home is not defined by what the children are doing, but is defined by what the parents are doing. It's not defined by what the children are doing, but is defined. So when they say children obey it means that the parents are obeying. They come to church, they see the message that was preached, they hear what the word of God says, they go home, they see that the parents, they don't obey it. They see that 
Mommy is rude. To, when they, I mean, and then when they finish, they go and quote the scripture to the children. Galatians 6, 7, the Bible says that, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. I want to encourage us that, listen, the kind of home you want to build is the kind of things you should be sowing. Do you understand? Yes. Because what you are sowing is what you are going to reap. I really remember when my mom used to have various expressions. It's like you grow up and also come and meet it. And then it's like your children will give you double. <laughs> Those ones, they were not good though. Because your children will give you double of what? I don't know how many of you that when you are sent, maybe go and bring my handbag. And then the, she's in the kitchen and she knows that from the kitchen to get upstairs, to get into her room, to get to her kitchen, She'll take you less than a minute. Three minutes later, where is the bag? Then when she opens the kitchen door, she'll see you standing there. Then she can come and pass by you. She said, you grow up. <laughs> May your children do unto you. <laughs> yeah. So there are some things that when you are reaping, you should reap it quietly. And it's encouraging us that what we should do it because we belong to the Lord and we should honor. He said even their husbands are loving their wives just as the way Christ loves. I want to also tell us that God must first be alive in the parents for God to be alive in the children. You know, we force our children, come on, let's go to church. Come on, take your Bible. Read your Bible. Have you prayed? Close your eyes. Close your eyes. <laughs> you can make your children as religious as you like. It doesn't mean that Christ is living in them. If Christ is not living in you, you cannot deposit that in them. So this morning, one of the first things we are realizing is that Whoever is the adult, if you are an adult sibling, if you are the parent, if you are the guardian, you first must be in line and stop putting the effort. You see, I, I keep saying this. A lot of times when children are being punished, it's the shame of the parents, not the child. The child who was caught smoking is not ashamed. You are ashamed that your friends have seen that your child is a wee smoker. What I didn't understand was, you know, especially when my brothers grew a bit, and um, these days when you go into houses, they don't even have it, but the, the, those days, it was a form of decoration. The more expensive the drinks that are in the living room are, it's a sign of wealth that instead of having these whiskey bottles, you know, you have the bottles that go from ground to... Yeah, and then the label. There was one called Black Label. Black Label. Red Label. Oh. Ah. You know? And then when they, when they get guests, when they get guests, okay, people are confessing. Lord, heal all your children. Heal all your children. 
Heal all your children, Lord. Heal them. When they get guests, they'll bring the choicest drinks, you know, and then the, the, the guests will also be so impressed. And the house owners are also feeling very proud. And then my father said, this one is from Germany. I got it in Germany. I got this one when I went to the, you know, and the people are sipping it, you know. And when they've all sipped and they've gone, those, those boys, <laughs> may come and sip one or two. <laughs> and then when it's found out that they have sipped, they beat them. It's like, but they saw you just sipping and being very proud. In fact, we had a friend, my, my brother, the third one. I mean, he was the worst of the worst. One day, my father had to confess that actually his behavior is his own. <laughs> he, had, he had his two very good friends, and one of them, their house also, their mother, she used to have the drinks in, you know, oh, great display. But these children, they, they went one level. They would drink their black label, whatever, and they always knew how to mix coffee to the same color. <laughs> then they'll fill the bottle with the coffee. <laughs> Until it is being served to somebody, they'll never know that. The drink has been finished. <laughs> you know, Sunday morning, come on, let's go to church. My father didn't used to go to church, but he doesn't understand why there's anybody in the house who's not going to church. God must first be alive in you before your children you must honor and respect for your children to also learn honor and respect. And honor and respect, you see, I'm doing a certain comprising on this stage and at this level, and we'll come to another stage that you realize that there are also some old traditions that have to change. You know, because for some of us, we come from a background where honor and respect is only for grown-ups. If you are older than me, I'll give you respect. If you are older than me, Anna, if you're a child, they'll tell you you don't respect. <laughs> Yesterday, <laughs> Reverend was like, I don't know, Phoebe came to interview us, came to have a go at us, came to ask, I mean, Phoebe, when we are going now, she can tell us what time are you coming back, get back at this time. And the Reverend was asking if we could have done that to our parents. <laughs> I said we would not have been alive today to share the story. <laughs> would not. If your children don't see you respecting help, respecting when you go to the shops, when you come to their school, you know, I have a brother-in-law who is so rude that his son has become the same. Because his son sees him appear in his school, and the father will be like, do you know who I am? So the son learned, oh, okay, okay. If I tell them that this is my father, it will always work. Come and be rude, dishonor them, and then the child has become the same. So you can desire and say that, listen, when somebody gives you something, say thank you. When, but you, when somebody gives you something, do you say thank you? When your child helps you out and comes to 
I was so impressed with a child at the train station on Friday, I had to go to the man and say, well done. And I think it was his grandchild. They were waiting for their train, and I think the train had come, and they thought they would miss it. So the man was, the man, an elder man was rushing, and the young boy, who may be about nine, he was, he was like, no, let me carry it. And the old man was like, no, you have a bag. He said, no, no. And the little boy took the bag off his grandfather. I said, which nine-year-old today? If you want to, they, are on, they, they also balance their bag to you so that you can carry that one too. But obviously, it's something that he has seen them do. You know, there are things that you can teach your children easily by doing. You can teach those around you easily by doing. How many of you feel that there are a lot of things that maybe you see me relate with Reverend in a certain way that we've never discussed, but you have seen? And no. There are many things that I don't think I ever sat down with any of the children or Reverend we ever sat down but there are things that they just saw or witnessed. And it's not in the conscious moments that today we are going for learning. But it's just in the day-to-day life of the house. They'll see that there's respect there. The postman comes, we take the post, we say thank you. Do you understand? You help somebody with their luggage or you, you know, they'll learn it. But if they also see you saying, hey, it's not my box, it's not my bag, move, move, move. And then you don't see why your child is becoming stroppy, rude. And don't find it exciting. Don't find it cute. Oh, that's for my child. You know, she's really bold. He's very, he's very assertive. It's a word. He's very, very assertive. It's a crisis waiting to happen. The next thing is that a home is built. That's why we say the blocks of a Christian home. A home is built. A home is made. A home is not given. It's not a gift that is given to you. It is something you build. It doesn't matter if you get married and your parents buy a house for you, buy a car for you, fill everything in. It will remain a house until you build a home. In Luke 6, the Bible talks about the one who built their house. It says that, verse 48 and 49, the Amplified, it says that he is like a man, talking about those who use the word properly. <coughs> he is like a man building a house who dug and went down deep and laid a foundation upon the rock. And when a flood arose, the torrent broke against that house and could not shake or move it because it had been securely built or founded on a rock. But he who merely hears and does not practice doing my words is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation against which the torrent burst and immediately it collapsed and fell. And the breaking and ruin of that house was great. Amen. We all live in the house or in the home we built. If you don't like the home, I don't mean the external brick and mortar building or the carpet or the cupboards or the chair. If you don't like the family, the oikos that you are in, remember that you built it. 
you built it. And that is why before you marry, it is good to develop and build your home. So that by the time others come into it, they know what home they belong to. Do you know that sometimes it's very difficult when you have built to try and rebuild? It's actually very costly. And the reason why, you know, the scripture said they dug deep, they went deep and they built. The reason why you have to do that is because every home, every household will face trials and challenges. Oh, please, you can pray all your prayers. Pour all the oil all around your people, all around your house. Hey, you can drink some of the oil. You can vomit some of the oil. Trials and challenges. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Trials are what makes you stronger. Trials are what makes relationship grow better. How can, how can, how can you kind of stand here and say, oh, I'm Dr. David. It's the exams you took. Yeah. And you were able to pass. If you didn't pass, you can't tell me that you're a doctor. <laughs> okay, today we are getting evidence. Eugene, today we want evidence on everything. We've made this assumption. Today we'll look at all of them, their certificates. It is the test. It is the test that qualifies you for that title. It is the test. It is the test. Yes, we find Nelson Mandela so amazing. Are we ready for his trials? The whole world is so impressed with the other blood. Not, not the crazy blood, not the man. Why? Because he wore his bulletproof and came to stand there. And he was told that, listen, sit on the plane and get out of here. And he said, no, I'm staying here. Yeah, meanwhile, he's a comedian. He's not a fighter. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. But it has gained him respect. Because in the moment of challenge, in the moment of test, he didn't run away. A lot of us, when there's trials in our families, our home, we destroy everything. Stop. One of the, let me say this, because our time is going, and there's so many things to say. Maybe I'll read some of you, uh, things to you. Let us really be careful that it is not just what we are physically doing with our hands or in our thoughts, but also what we are saying is building. Yeah. It's building. Yeah. Ezekiel 2, what did he say? He said that the spirit entered into me when he spake, which means that all the speaking going on in your house, things are entering. Things are entering. You are opening doors and allowing things to enter in your moment of anger, in your moment of frustration, in your moment of disappointment, in your moment of challenge, in your moment of setback. And those moments will always come. There's nobody in this room. I'm sure even if I ask you, you'll remember one or two setbacks he had when he wanted a seat in Reverend's office and Reverend lifted. We all have setbacks. Homes are built. They are built on the word of God. They are built on prayer. They are built even on our service to God. I said this thing 
last week, when did I go to Covenant Glory? That, listen, our service of God is part of the building of our home. God gave me that revelation, Pastor Sam, quite recently. Because I had a lot of pastors, and especially Liz, a few of the pastors' wives especially, are trying to pressurize me to give them some three-pointers of how to raise godly children. The assumption is that they assume that Kieran and Phoebe are the ones. Oh, Juliet, I tell you, sometimes you just have to take it because you don't want to explain to them anything. And then the, God, the Lord revealed to me that it's not anything anybody has done. You didn't do anything. But I look onto your service and the heart with which you did it. So your service to God builds your home. It is built on love. It is built on love. Listen, it is built on love and it is built on like. Siblings must like each other. Spouses must like each other. Yeah. You see that there are certain families that even the extended family, there's so much like there. They also see families where extended family, there's so much hate there. But you have to build it on the foundation of love. And that is why we have to begin to see people as individuals. And stop saying things like, can't you be more like your sister? Can't you be more like your brother? If I was going, God wanted me to be my brother, I would have been born my brother. I was born my sister. <laughs> and that is what draws us to love some of our uh, children more or love this parent more. Your father is not your mother. Your mother is not your father. It's built on love. You see, all these things, they apply to the church. Watch how a church is built. And you can use it to build your home. Yeah. All of us in this room, we are different. Yeah. If as a pastor, there are a particular kind of people I like. Anybody who is rude, I don't like. Anybody who is there, I don't like. If God were selecting, would he select you also? God has blessed you with those parents. God has blessed you with the, are some of our parents can turn cross. Absolutely. Gee. But we still have to love them. Yeah. Are some of our siblings very bad? We still have to love them. You know, my, 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 the third born, my brother, who was the first person to pass away, he passed away when he was about 13 or 14. Many years later, my mother said, God, it was God's way of saving her from many heartaches and troubles. Because within like five years after most of his mates had finished, completed high school, gone to university, those who did, she realized that everybody who was his close friend had become a vagabond. The person that by seven or eight, his older brothers needed him to teach them how to start a car without a key. <laughs> when 
people were even in uh, um, primary school, and then he would sit in front by the driver. We sit at back. So as the driver is going like this, when the driver does this, the heat he does at his side. This, when the driver does this, the heat he moves his hand. This, and one day, my father was not well, and um, the driver was not around or whatever, and. <laughs> You know, my mom was very frantic. She's like, we have to get somebody who would take this old man to the uh, hospital, 37 or whatever. This, that time, maybe he was about nine. He just hopped in the car. And my mother was like, what? She said, you want your husband to die? <laughs> right now, your options are only two. <laughs> Either I am taking him <laughs> or you watch a slow death. He took them to the hospital and he brought them back. And my father said, this is my son. (laughs) So it also gave him more momentum (laughs) because the small car had been sanctioned. One day, somebody rushed to the house and told my father that, I saw your son driving one of your articulators. My father said, no. (laughs) Do you know what an articulator is? First of all, for him to get into it, he will need stairs. Somebody saw him driving it on the street somewhere. And he came back home safely. And when he came back home, went in and he's like, were you driving? He said, no. Couldn't. And my father said, I knew it wasn't you. If it was you, you would have said it was you. He said, it wasn't me. But you have different, and and the oldest one was the one who was so prim and proper. Is it learning time? We are learning. Is it sleeping time? We are sleeping. Is it time to go and sort the dishes out? He's sorting. Why are you not learning? Daddy is coming. You have to learn. I'll tell daddy you didn't learn. <laughs> All of them are children of the house. Stop using, can't you see your sister? Can't, no, I can't see my sister. I can't see my brother. I see myself. <laughs> Build your relationship in love. Build a relationship in the house in trust. Trust your children. You see, when there's love and there's trust, correction is taking better. Correction is taking better. Because we trust God, we trust his hand, we trust his chastisement. It's built on unity. It's built on oneness. It's built on fairness. It's built on commitment. It's also built on boundaries. A lot of us were brought up without boundaries, so we struggle to develop boundaries. We struggle, struggle, we struggle with it. We can't believe that there's a boundary somewhere, but there has to be, there has to be, there has to be. Husbands and wives, you must have boundaries. How we resolve issues, there has to be boundaries. This kind of insulting, insulting, going back and forth. You must even determine 
the kind of language that's not used. You are always swearing. Then when your child has started swearing, you say, where did you go and learn it from? From your mother. Where, did, where do you think they went to learn it from? There has to be boundaries. The language that is spoken. Yeah. You are watching filthy things. Then when your child is watching filthy things, then you are upset. Sorry. Maintaining the environment. And when you have built your home, maintain it. Maintain it. The Bible says that whilst men slept, an enemy came and so tears. So even when you have built it, it needs maintenance. It needs maintenance. Sometimes we have the children that we thought were so perfect that we just let them continue. And meanwhile, they are spoiling now. Another area of the building is how we handle offenses, anger, and misunderstanding. How many of us are being blessed by this discussion today? How we handle Because every home has these issues. Every home has these issues. And if you don't fight it, and if you don't correct it, and you don't put effort into it, it will destroy good things. Every good person has a bad side. Every bad person has a good side. How do we handle offenses, anger, misunderstanding? Sometimes you realize that after years of not talking to your sister or your brother or your cousin, sometimes even people who are divorced, you go and ask them, why did you divorce? They have lost their story somewhere along the line. When I was looking at this particular one, I realized that the Bible knows the importance and what anger plays in the lives of human beings. More than 131 times, the Bible is referring to anger and offense. (laughs) My question to us this morning is that how long does anger linger in our homes? How long does it linger? How long? It's not that it will not come, but how long does it stay? Some of us will go and build, put, get a new bed for the anger, quilt, pillows, cushions. If the, the anger wants to watch TV, we put flat screen. Hmm. 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 We have to become more like our creator, our father. He sets example for us. Psalm 103, the Bible says in verse 7 to 10, NLT, he revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate, merciful, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us, nor remain angry forever. Tell somebody, don't remain angry forever. Ah. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us. As we deserve. It's not everything that must become an issue in your house. It's not everything that must become an issue in your home. For those of us that are single, it's the same thing. It's not every issue that, must, that you must turn it into a monument. It's not everything that you have to be dealing with. Every time your house has become like a high court. Every morning there's a case. Every morning there's a case 167. Come to the bar. Come to the bar. No. 
How are you dealing with anger? You must have mercy, compassion. Yeah, don't let your anger linger. Don't let your anger linger. I learned it. I'm not the same person I was maybe 20 or 30 years ago. Yes, I could stay angry for the rest of my life. Oh, easy. Because a part of my mind had programmed it that if you stay angry, everybody leaves you alone. Everybody leaves you alone. Yes, 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 yes. You have your peace and quiet, but you'll be as miserable as hell. Hmm. Hmm. There has to be mercy in your home. Hey, don't bring up children who are afraid to make mistakes. Who are overwhelmed. Sometimes it is the, it's not the mistake, but it's the fear of the consequences of the mistake that will drown them. And that is the reason why things will be hidden from you. Oh, those are, that's our generation. That generation, that's our, I don't think this generation will experience that. Yeah, our generation, if you break a plate in a house, you, you think you have destroyed a house. Because they'll tell you that the plate is in a set. You have small one plate inside the set. <laughs> tell somebody, use your mouth well. Tell somebody, use your mouth well. Proverbs 15, the Bible says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Ooh. The tongue of the wise utters knowledge rightly, but the mouth of the fool pours out folly. Now, one of my favorite scriptures that delivered me from this foolishness of staying angry for long, Ecclesiastes 7, 9. Do not hasten in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of a fool. Next time you are angry, check here, you are carrying a weight. I tell you, because it didn't say that anger is with the person you're angry with. Anger is, the foolishness is, you are the fool. Yeah, and as soon as you have to call yourself a fool, it should help you to change. Yeah. It says it rests. It doesn't pass by. When someone is resting, do you know what? It means they have relaxed. We have to restrain ourselves. We have to control ourselves. We have to appreciate that we too we cause anger. We too we cause annoyance. We too we cause offense. We too we bring misunderstanding. You see, every time you are angry, remember when you also last caused somebody to be angry. Every time. That will help you forgive. That will help you to let go. You see, when you forgive people, it doesn't mean you should go back hanging with them in the same level. But it means that they can't occupy that space in your head, in your heart, in your life. Yeah. It's like rent-free. They've come to get a place that they are not paying for. You know, the Lord said something in Genesis 8. He said that, for I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken. All these things that we are talking about, 
It is something that is born out of our spiritual growth as Christians. Some of us, we have been Christians for 30, 40 years, but most of the scripture has never transformed us. You know, one of the things in Ephesians 4, 31, the Bible says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgiven. How many of you feel that in a home where there's a lot of forgiveness, a lot of kindness, how many of you know that the environment is different? From a home where we are counting scores. You didn't help me. You didn't give me. And it's like they're just waiting for you to need them. They're waiting that they have to help you. Yeah. You see, when you are thinking like that about your sibling or your child, you should know that something is wrong. Be tender-hearted. Be kind. Be kind. Don't be bitter with your children. Don't be bitter with your parents. Don't. You are going to be a parent soon. And you will reap what you sow. Let God be able to say that I know you. You will raise up your children after me. You will raise them up in the fear of God. Not because you have memorized how to raise children, but because you have lived it. I have tested you and tried you and I know. And the place where God is centered is also the place, is the home that is also blessed. As long as the ark of God remained in Obedidom's house, Obedidom's house was blessed. First Chronicles 13, 14. <laughs> My prayer for us is that we are going to become more invested in what goes on in the home than outside. When your child is misbehaving outside, you're embarrassed. They do the same thing at home and they are not corrected. Yeah. They do the same thing at home and they are not corrected. When they do it outside, stop it. My granddaughter was asking somebody questions. You know, people who inject heroin and things, after a while, their faces and everything become sore and they have spots. Ah, Abiana goes, why do you have all that on your face? Phoebe was trying to stop her and she was like, nah, I got to get an answer for this question that I'm asking. And then the woman kept smiling and (laughs) (laughs) build good character in yourself so that those who are imitating you can also build good character. When we read Proverbs 22, verse 6, it says that train up a child in the way they should go and in keeping with his individual gift or bang. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. That is in the Amplified. He says that you should train the child in keeping with their individualness. So how your child is, that is how you help them grow to the best of who they are. 
And I want to tell you something. For all those of us who are responsible for people, there is a short window of the training. There is a time when the training season is gone. Pastor, can you imagine your mother calling you now to ask you, yes, did you brush your teeth this morning? Have you? It's too late. Too late, too late, too late, too late. Then, that's why, you see, when your child is two, when your child is four, if you don't train them on certain things, when they are eight, it's a struggle. Yeah. When they are six, seven, there are things you don't show them. When they are 10, 12, it will be difficult. When you suddenly come, lay your bed, lay your bed, say, hey, baby, I'll bed, we don't lay it. Lay your bed, lay your bed, lay your bed. Yeah. When they eat and they leave their dish there, you come and pick it. You come and pick it. Then one day you come to church and Pastor Gloria was preaching and she said, no, let the children wash their dishes. Then you go home. You are washing your dishes today. You say, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> there is a short window. And your training must be in line with where they are at, the stage they are at, the level they are at. So when a child is four or five, when you are discussing certain things with them, you discuss it based on the age that they are at, isn't it? When they want to talk about sex to children at a certain age, they'll say the bees and the whatever, you know? If your child is 14 and you're telling them the bees, it's like, which bees? <laughs> you have to train them to make sure that you capture what needs to be trained at the, ta- at the right time. Do you understand? Mommy, I don't want to do my homework. Oh, okay, go to sleep. Mommy, yeah. mm. Mommy, today I can't go to school. Why? I don't know. It was a bit cold, and I think that I want to just have some sleep. Okay, don't worry. I'll call the school. You are spoiling your child. Yeah. You are spoiling your child. Have you seen anybody who was born who said, I came to go to school? <laughs> I was born to be a student. Actually, normally it's when they are one or two that they are happy to go to nursery or three. They want to go. But when you take them to school where now they say exam time. (laughs) That is why you are the parent and you are the one who says we are going to school. It becomes your responsibility. You see, we are growing up in a world where they say the children have a voice. Children have a voice, but children cannot bring themselves up. That's why they have parents. Allow the child to, that's why they are called child. Allow the child, it's not every, and you see, especially for children of color, there are many schools in England that will also encourage you that your child does not need to push too much. They have options, like what? Hey, sports. So if it's sports and like my son who cannot kick anything. You have to teach your children about finances. You have to teach your children about morality. You have to teach your children about respect. You have to teach your children about God. You have to teach your children how to be responsible. You have to teach your children about relationships. You have to teach your children about health. You you have to teach them. You have to teach your children how to take responsibility. You see, sometimes you have to even do things that appear mean to help your children. 
Will you eat chicken? No. Will you eat fish? No. What do you want to eat? I don't know. Oh, my cute child, my cute child, my cute child, my cute child. (laughs) Preach! (laughs) You are destroying your child. You might think it's about fish and chicken, but it's not about fish and chicken. That is when you leave the fish on the plate. They'll sleep, wake up. They don't want to eat it. Sleep, wake up. They don't want to eat Sleep, wake up. Mommy, can you warm it up for me? Now you are talking. Now you are talking. Now you are talking. Tears of today will bring you peace tomorrow. Tears of today will bring you peace tomorrow. I, I, when was it? Valentine, one of those were going out when Phoebe was giving us those instructions, come back at time, and, and I was telling her that I remember, and it was at a very crucial age. You know, when you're you about 13, 14, 15, it's a very confusing time. You're sort of becoming a teenager, you're not, and some people have already become, you know, they've acquired breasts and things, so they become whatever, and some haven't, and hey, and there's always somebody's birthday party or beach party. Mommy, can we go? Then she said, have you cleaned your room? So you rush, you go and clean. Can we go? Have you sorted it? Then you go and say, uh, then she'll give you. Then every job has been done. <laughs> can we go? Yeah, 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 yeah. Who did you, whose who's party did you say? Oh, it was um, the children's. Oh, just when you go say hello to their mom for me, okay? Make sure you're back by 6.30. And the it's six o'clock. The journey itself is like 15 minutes. <laughs> Most of the time, we had two options. Either we also go. So because the next day when you go to school, everybody is going to be like, oh, they, so you also want to go and be able to say hi, 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 and then you go home. And then the other option was, she would let my brother come and drive and park there. So you had the party. And then he too is standing there. <laughs> when you finish dancing, <laughs> you go and sit in the car. It was miserable. Because why is that everybody, you know, everybody is there in this world. And our ignorance also was the fact that we don't know what happens when we have left. In fact, there were times that what she used to do was that she would give us a very bad haircut just before the season. <laughs> when you see my mother, <laughs> she too, that was her parenting skills. Because <laughs> the funny thing was that I came from a home where I had a father who didn't allow beating. Nobody can be beaten, no cane and all those things. Because my father, he had, he, he had, he had, fear, in his, he had fear in his presence and in his voice. But my mother did not obey that law. <laughs> so all her beating has to be stored for when he's gone. But what a blessing it was. All those tears delivered us from early sex, early molestation, just protected us from strange people. May God give us wisdom. We get all of us in this room who have children 
below a certain age, 16 and below, listen, you only have a short window to take care of them well. And you define what becomes of them. Yeah. yeah. By the time we got to high school, we realized that there were people who were regarded as sexual objects. And then you wonder that when did they gain that title? But you realize that because of your upbringing, you see, even when boys come to your house and they have to be interviewed, my mother would say, where are you from? Who's your father? And then she'll ask, so if we are in high school, what high school do you go to? Because the assumption is that you must be going to high school, you've come here. When we're in uni, what university are you in? And sometimes we'll be blinking like maybe the person doesn't go. Then she'll be like, what's wrong with your eyes? What's wrong with your eyes? May the Lord give us wisdom. May the Lord help us. Listen, those of us that our siblings are imitating us or our example, we are their example, watch how you live your life. Watch how you order your steps. The worst thing you can be is to be a hypocritical Christian trying to raise a Christian home. If you don't pray, you don't pray. Do you understand? If you don't study the way, don't come, they, you come to church, they'll see you praying aloud. And meanwhile, they know you don't pray. Teach your children about money. Money should never be a taboo topic in your house. Finances must be taught. And that is why you must manage your finances well. Can you imagine that as a parent, you are so broke and so poor. Then you're telling your child, you have to be rich. And you have to make money. They look at you like, hey, considering your current bank balance, shouldn't be having, you know, the, the Bible says that the poor man's wisdom is despised. Yeah, so if you don't have financial wisdom, even when you are giving financial wisdom, it can't be taken. Because obviously you didn't apply it. Hmm. I pray that the Lord will keep our homes united. The Bible says that a house divided upon itself cannot stand. We pray that the Lord will help us, will really, really help us to be good examples to others. In the house of God, those of us who are leaders, those of us who are regarded as, regarded as daddies, aunties, deacons, elders, ministers, pastors, shepherds, bishops, whatever. I pray that we will become good examples. We will have good character. The closet life is more important. The closet life is more important. Psalm 127, the Bible says, except the Lord build the house, the labor in vain that built. May the Lord build your life. May the Lord build your home. May the Lord build your children. May the Lord bring unity into your household. May the Lord watch over your house, over your home, over your family. Father, we thank you so much. 